NASA has just spent $4.7 billion on what promises to be one of the largest, most versatile space telescopes designed to date. A true innovation to vital astronomy research. After decades of development, high-precision construction, and a successful launch, scientists on the ground eagerly open its lone eye to get their first glimpses of the universe in unprecedented clarity. But there's a problem. All of the images look like someone rubbed Vaseline on the lens because everything the telescope is seeing is out of focus. Uh, I think I know where this is going. Oh, it's a disaster. I'm so intrigued. Uh, just wait, it gets worse. We are just the masters of disasters, aren't we? Calamity Janes. Hello, Calamity Janes listeners, and welcome to our first ever quick calamity. So normally, you might know if you're a regular listener, each week Madison tells me in detail about a horrific catastrophe. And I, Bailey, react. Maybe give a hot take and ask the questions that we're all really wondering. But I'll be honest, we forgot about the 4th of July weekend. And the funny thing is, we were together for the weekend, but we weren't able to record and we didn't think ahead to record an episode in advance. So instead, we're trying a little something different this week. It's just me. I'm going solo this week, and it's going to be what I think we're going to call a quick calamity. And it's also going to be lighthearted. What? I know. A disaster with no victims, except for maybe a little hurt pride. But um, if you prefer our regular format where Madison is the brains and I am the commentary, honestly, same. But we'll be back to normal next week. Trust me, I do not like researching just as much as you don't like me talking about the research. So... Okay, now that the quick calamities have been explained, let's get into mine this week, which is the Hubble Telescope's Broken Lens. So the Hubble Telescope is a space telescope, a telescope in space. But real quick, let's talk about why do we even want a telescope in space? Well, when you look at the stars from the Earth, I mean, even from the biggest, best telescopes, the Earth's atmosphere is in the way. And it distorts a lot of characteristics that can be really helpful to see when observing things like stars and galaxies. It's kind of like, think of it like this. It's kind of like looking at a streetlight at night. When you look at it through a dirty window, it looks like a fuzzy ball of light. You know it's a light, but you can't really see any details. But if you remove the dirty window, now you can see that it's a streetlight. And you can probably even tell what's giving off the light. It might be one bulb. It might be two. Or maybe you can even see it's a gas lamp. Uh, basically, removing the window, or the atmosphere, in the case of a telescope, just helps you see things more clearly. It gives you more information about what you're looking at. Um, there are a few more reasons that we'll get into shortly, but that's, that's a real big one. So, NASA being NASA, they want the best view of the universe as possible. Like the glamour shots of space photography. You know the ones. Makeup, teased hair, bedazzled denim jacket, the whole nine. So in 1970, they start working on a telescope that would operate in space, not only observing in the visible spectrum of light, you know, the stuff we mere mortals see, but also ultraviolet and near-infrared, a lot of which are wavelengths that get absorbed by the Earth's atmosphere. So it never actually makes it down to us to observe fully. And needless to say, it was a really ambitious project. Uh, and while it was initially set to launch in 1983... Budget problems, womp womp, technical delays, and the Challenger shuttle disaster put a kink in that timeline. So eventually, Hubble got off the ground, literally, in 1990 when it was launched into space on the Discovery shuttle. Now, this is where things take a turn. 
Once they start calibrating Hubble's instruments, they find they're getting some pictures that are less than crystal clear, uh, like they're downright foggy. So NASA begins a scramble to find out what in the world, or space, I suppose, is wrong. I mean, imagine you're trying to look under the hood of a car to figure out why it sounds funny, but the car is circling the Earth 340 miles above your head. Like, it's, I mean, it's not easy, okay? Eventually, they trace the error back to the primary mirror, which is basically a mirror that is in the shape of a giant CD-looking thing used to focus light. And uh, for, for our much younger listeners, a CD is a short for compact disc, and it's what we used to play music on. Oh my god, I'm dating myself. Please tell me you know what a CD is. Okay. But essentially, the mirror was ground into the wrong shape. The optics contractor... Perkin Elmer, had miscalibrated the equipment they used to grind the mirror. It kind of looks like um, like you're polishing a lens or a mirror. I mean, you're just you're polishing something and you're doing it such that it wears away ultra-thin layer after ultra-thin layer of this mirror to get the exact right shape you want. But because of a miscalibration on their end, they ground the mirror to flat. Big yikes. Actually, it was a pretty tiny yikes. The flaw itself was two fiftieths as broad as a human hair. Um, And that is literally what made all of these pictures blurry, fuzzy, foggy. You get the picture. Now, one silver lining is that it was always in the cards to service Hubble periodically with manned missions to help update and maintain it over its lifetime. So they had a way to get someone, like a person, a human there to physically fix it. But how do they fix it, right? That's the next problem. Well, the nice thing about knowing exactly how incorrect the mirror was shaped is that they could create new mirrors that were ground in the exact opposite way to correct it. Basically, It's a complicated way of saying, the Hubble telescope has glasses. So cute. So in 1993, the first servicing mission was spent installing these new corrective optics. And Hubble was back in business. And naturally, this little hiccup didn't go without receiving a lot, like a lot of criticism from politicians calling it a mismanagement of resources and pointing out the quality control failings. Um, And it was the butt of a lot of jokes. But... I mean, when you think about it, Hubble could have been the most expensive, oversized tin can, it kind of looks like a tin can, again, Google it, that we ever launched into space. But through teamwork and perseverance, it has been responsible for pushing the boundaries of what we know about the universe, like how old it is and what it was like back then, the existence of black holes at the center of ours and many other galaxies, and I mean, so many other things. Over 15,000 papers based on Hubble data have been published in peer-reviewed journals, and it's still in service to this day. So many years of service, I would call that a win. So that is that on Hubble and NASA's big, well, little, big, oopsie. I really hope you guys enjoyed it. Come back next week for an episode where we will be back to our normal dynamic. Please don't forget to subscribe and rate us and maybe tell a friend. Tell your dog, your dog tells a friend, your friend tells a friend, you get the idea. And if you're itching for more Calamity Janes, you can always go back and listen to more episodes wherever you listen to podcasts. Catch you next week. Bye, guys.